the most common question is how do I get discovered? And my answer to that is that you don't get discovered. Like you work and then maybe you get discovered over and over and over, and over again. Uh, like it's, it's about finding your audience, uh, one person at a time, and every person will be the one who discovers you. Welcome to The Boss Lady Speaks on re-entering the workforce and staying relevant in these rapidly changing times. I recently recorded a LinkedIn educational video on the subject, the subject of being nervous about re-entering the workforce, and here's how to do it right, which is what I did this video on. And it's for those of you who may have been on parent leave or you may have been out sick for an extended period of time, or you may just have taken a time out. And now you're nervous about what a potential employer will think of that. And are you still relevant? And if people are getting laid off in your organization, for example, this also applies because you may wonder the same thing. Am I still relevant? Will I be next? I'm Johanna Sawalha, or Coach Joe, host of The Boss Lady Speaks. One of the developments I've seen is that companies hire more and more people based on their personal qualities, because depending on the level of role they're seeking to fill, they often want to train you themselves. So some people and some companies prefer to hire people right out of school, because these people are a blank slate without experience, but also without preconceived notions based on former experience. This will actually give you a leg up because anyone can cultivate personal qualities that are attractive to employers today. So what did I tell these people who either are re-entering the workforce or who may have to interview for their own job again? these people who are nervous about still being relevant, I've been telling them, as you sit in front of your boss or your potential boss, you want to tell the truth. Start on the right foot. Be honest right off the bat about how come um, you haven't been working for a while or how come you might have concerns. Um, Because lying or posturing it's just exhausting, right? Anytime you've told a lie, which I'm sure you never have, but I have, it's exhausting to keep track of what you said. So you want to practice telling the truth right away. You want to be professional, but just just tell it. Just, just preempt your own concerns by addressing them. That It's kind of like a Band-Aid, you know? You rip it off. It's very uncomfortable for about a second, but then you're done and you can feel good again versus pulling it off slowly and being uncomfortable for a lot longer, which is what it's like to entangle yourself in what may have seemed like a really smart story at the time of you concocting it. But then it becomes really difficult to back up because you're going to have to remember the story that you came up with, how come you've been out of the workforce or any, any such thing. Um, so better just come out, tell it like it is. 
um, because you just may be nervous about explaining that gap in your resume. Telling the truth beats everything any time of day. And being transparent does. And you can be a hero in these times by being an example of honesty. Uh, you have to face fake news every day. You have to question if your news sources are actually objective, which we shouldn't have, but we need to. And uh, another tip is to communicate your vision for your role. Because whether you've been in a company for a long time and you're concerned about being able to stay, or if you want a position with a new company, to be able to paint a picture of what you see possible is really attractive to a future employer. So, so these are tips for anyone wanting to do something new. And let me get back to it for a moment, this thing about communicating your vision for, for the role you're seeking or the role you want to expand within your own company or keep. Hmm. Um, instead of talking about the work you've done in the past, which will land you the same role as before, focus on talking about the parts of your skill set that will give you the role you want or the expansion of the role that you're in. Uh, I, I've been having many, many recent conversations, like I said, with people mid-career, but they still have a couple of decades at least left in the workforce. And it really is a recurring theme. They are afraid of becoming irrelevant. And... Uh, they also question if their knowledge is still relevant. Are their degrees still relevant? Are they falling behind? What don't they know that they should know? And that led me to think of my friend, Marit Bergman, whom I've known for near 30 years, and who went on to become one of Sweden's biggest pop stars with five Grammys nominations, which is the Swedish equivalent of the Grammys, and how she's managed to do both these things that these people are concerned about. She's been able to stay relevant and she's been able to re-enter the workforce after a break. And I'm going to tell you more about that. But I got very curious as to how she did this. But maybe this is the magic of our artists and music makers, their ability to reinvent themselves and somehow creatively grow with the times. But I wasn't going to just uh, wonder about that. I wanted to hear from the source. So I interviewed her about how she did it, how she managed to pursue her dream and also stay relevant after decades in, in the business. But then she went and had another baby quite unexpectedly at age 44. And then I had to call her back again because now she could also speak to this other issue called re-entering the workforce after having stayed home with a newborn. And in her case, it might be even more difficult because she's doing so in the public eye. And that would certainly add to the challenge. 
So I called her up the other day, and I don't know what, what I was expecting, but here's what happened. She's someone who takes my calls because I have a number, but she didn't have time for another interview with me right now. In fact, she's two huge music production deadlines before Christmas, and she said maybe after that she could come back and do another interview. And I thought, that is great. That's the proof I wanted, that it's A, possible to stay relevant, B, to re-enter your career, and perhaps have even more experiences to draw on whatever it was that took you out of your career for a spell. So, there you have it. Without further ado, I'm going to give you Mart Bergman and this interview I managed to get with her. A pop star with five Grammys nominations, five solo albums, and countless other music projects under her belt. Let yourself be inspired by someone who went with her dream, didn't let up, and probably won't let up till the day she kicks the bucket. Marit Bergman. Today, I am super honored to have with me one of Sweden's biggest pop stars, <laughs> and she converted her hobby into her job, what, Marit, like 30 years ago? Uh, let me think. Am I that old? Okay. Uh, yeah, probably then. No, I, 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 I've been doing this for a living full time for, I guess, now 16 years, since 2002. Wow. So 15 years, yeah. Uh, right, but before, yeah. like that's professionally, but but to, mm-hmm. to, to lead up to that and bec- become that and learn mm-hmm. your craft, you know that's been forever. So, but there's no one in Sweden who does not know who Marit Merman is. She's one of the top Swedish pop stars, but um, abroad and in the U.S., maybe not as many. So it's Marit Berman. and she, um, you know. I, we actually grew up in the same town and she had a punk band back in the nineties called Candy Sack. And I still have the EP from the time. So it's just, you can sell it now. I could totally sell it on eBay, but I'm not going to, because she signed it for me. So there's no way I'm selling that. Um, And then, and, and she's, she's been up for the Swedish Grammy nominations. She's earned five Swedish Grammy nominations. And so it's just, um, it's just a pleasure to have you. So what we're talking about today, Mark, is just you, you, people who are listening, they want to be you. Right? They want to do what you did. They want to go on that journey of daring to go for their dream and their passion, but they might be sitting in some job somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so can you tell them a little bit about the do's and don'ts and what you learned along the way? Well, I always find that those kind of questions hard to answer uh, since... I knew from a very, very early age what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, I think uh, there is another Swedish pop star called Carola <laughs> who had her big break- breakthrough in, in 1983 when I was eight years old. Uh, I saw her sing on Swedish TV and uh, from that moment I knew, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh, so I've never really... For a long time, I never even doubted for a second that uh, that would be uh, 
possible. Mm. Um, so I think, like naturally, I just sort of sort of uh, moved in those kind of directions. Mm. Uh, so even if I, I mean, I grew up in a really small town, which is a it's a, it's a musical town, but it doesn't it's kind of detached from <laughs> the rest of like Swedish culture in a way. Like uh, be, growing up in that kind of town when uh, in the eighties, seventies, and eighties. It was tricky to understand like how to go about it. Uh, if I would, you know, if I if if I lived in Stockholm or so, I maybe I would have you know not uh, my mom into going to auditions for musicals or whatnot. Uh, but I I didn't really know how to go about it. But I think like my whole life, I sort of naturally navigated towards that. Uh, meaning like if I heard. Uh, about someone making music, about someone having a band or anything, uh, I would sort of just uh, go in that direction all the time. So when I was, uh, I guess, 14 or so, I heard that you could go to music high school, I guess would be like the equivalent. Uh, uh, so you could, you, could, you could apply and go to a certain high school where people would make music pretty much full-time. Uh, so I learned about this when I was 14. Uh, uh, so that from that on, that sort of became my dream to go to that school. Uh, and at that time, they only had 10 of those schools, like uh, in all of Sweden. Uh, so I, I applied to the nearest one <laughs> uh, uh, when I was, I guess, 15 then. I applied to the nearest one, which was in Vesteros, which is where you grew up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, and we, uh, 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 let me see. Um, I have to think about order of things here. So I applied to that school just knowing, not knowing ex- exactly what I would be learning in that school, but I knew that I would meet other people uh, that would, you know, be into music. That was sort of the main thing. Uh, so I moved to Vesteros uh, when I was 17. Uh, I started the band that you talked about. Uh, I also started kind of, you know, six or seven other bands <laughs> uh, in, in, in various genres. Uh, uh, so I think for me, that was such an important time. Uh, I don't know that I learned that much in the actual school. Uh, I mean, a little, of course. So I learned some musical theory and uh, I got, you know, some skills from it. Uh, but the main thing was just to sort of meet other kids who were just as into making music that I was. Uh, so I think that that would, mm, I don't know, that was the big sort of, if I, if I hadn't, you know, been able to go to that school, I don't know, like, what road I would have taken. Uh, so that was really important to me. Uh, and also, like, the most important part of it was that we started the band. Um, so that's through that band, Candisock. That's sort of how I learned to write songs, how to uh, play with other people, how the sort of whole, how, how the industry works, like how to release re- records or how do you make someone release a record for you. Uh, oh. How you know how what uh, how does touring work? Um, who other you know how 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 does this whole industry work? So that was like that was a really important school to me. Um, 
So we had that, that band uh, between 1992 and 1998, I think. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for, uh, for that opportunity uh, to have that band. But also like, I mean, it's an opportunity, but it's also something that I created myself because I had this really strong urge and longing uh, mm to be on a stage and to sing and to sing and play for people. Well, it, but there is inherent uh, advice in here, though, because I can hear in as you tell your story that you you kept looking for opportunities, you kept looking for situations mm-hmm. that would fuel this passion. Like, mm-hmm. man, who's doing this? Who's doing this? You kept you kept going out there finding it, and I guess that just would be one way that people can do it. Like, if there's something they love to do, find every possible opportunity around you to participate. Exactly. Yeah. Participate, I think is the key word here. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also like, this is simple, but complicated. Uh, I, I still think the Nike slogan works. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I think, okay, I mean, I've been asked for advice, especially from younger girls uh, uh, for a, a lot of times. Uh and I find it, it's really hard to give like concrete advice. Like, mm. like the most common question is how do I get discovered? And my answer to that is that you don't get discovered. <laughs> like yeah. you work and then you, maybe you get discovered over and over and over, and over again. Mm. Uh, like it's, it's about finding your audience, uh, one person at a time. And every, that, every person uh, uh, will be the one who discovers you. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but apart uh, apart from that, I just tried to explain that you have to do it, uh, and even if you don't know how to do it, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. You will uh, make lots of mistakes, and you will you know you you will hit the wall again, 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 and again. Uh, but if you don't do it, you will never learn how to do it. Because uh, I think, I mean, learning music is one thing. You can absolutely learn. You can go to schools. You can have teachers. You can learn musical theory you can learn how to uh you know how to play an instrument really well mm-hmm. uh but on a in a wider sort of perspective the whole sort of music industry uh for one it's constantly changing so even if i like say if, if i say today uh, this is the road to success <laughs> uh that would be another road tomorrow because it's always changing and the people in it change all the time mm-hmm. uh uh, so you have to sort of just uh, go out and do what you and try to do what you want to do all the time. Like if you uh, if you want to be a songwriter, write a song, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then write a hundred more songs. Uh, if you want to be an artist uh, on stage, uh, have a show. Uh, mm-hmm. Even whether it's like you know playing in front of your mom <laughs> mm-hmm. and her friends uh, on somebody's birthday, or if it's um, uh, you know, asking the local coffee shop if you could, you know, put up your gear, or if it's, uh, uh, you know, um, and, uh, uh, trying to get like a support gig for your favorite act or whatever it is. Like you have to play show after show after show after show. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that goes for like everything that has to do with music and maybe creative fields in general. Like mm-hmm. you, you just have to do what 
you have to do what try to do what you want to do all the time. Mm-hmm. And also by doing it, you will understand how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe I put on a show, uh, and, and through that show, I will understand, okay, so that song didn't work. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, or, okay, so that's not the way to treat an audience <laughs> and, and so on and so on. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's also, it's a, it's a fact that you're always still learning how mm. to do it. Uh, I mean, I'm 42 now and I've been doing this for a while, mm. uh, but I feel like I'm every show that I play or every, every song that I write or every session that I'm in, I still learn new things mm. all the time. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think it's, there is also an inherent nature, right? You know, you and I went to that same music school, but I yeah. became a coach. I became an entrepreneur. Yeah. So it really, it's a nature. Like it doesn't matter how much music you've yeah. studied, if you're not that thing in your core, mm-hmm. like like you have, it's like priesthood, right? Yeah, it's, maybe it's, yeah, a it's bit, like yeah. a calling, right? But yeah. I think I think you were true to it. You were super true to it all along, and and uh, and you know, I certainly wished I was you, but I wasn't. You know, yeah, close. Enough, but not, not so close that it would last for a career. You yeah. know, and I think that's just it. Like you have to want to do it all the time. It's not mm-hmm. thing. Like you, 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 if you don't want to do it all the time, it may not be your passion. Exactly, and it's also it's uh, I mean, uh, it's hard to sort of uh, uh, it's hard to invent uh, that kind of urge, like. Uh, or I don't know how to explain this, but like, if you don't want it as much, <laughs> you can't just like tell yourself, I, I'm, I need to want this. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. You want, either you want it or you don't want it. Uh, and I mean, also for myself, I have to I have to say that sometimes I don't want it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've been absolutely been, as every artist, I think, I've been doubting my, uh, uh, my life choices mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, uh, I mean, I mean, ever since I had my sort of breakthrough and I could, you know, do this for a living, I've been having, you know, periods of doubts. Uh, like, is this the, is this really, you know, is this really it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that comes from like having that dream for so long. I mean, I wanted to do this since I was, uh, you know, just a little kid. Uh, but when you're not like doing it for real, it's hard to understand what it is. <laughs> uh, what what does that profession really mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I could understand as much as okay, you're on a stage, you sing, uh, mm-hmm. you have an audience. Mm-hmm. That was sort of the parts that I understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, when you actually, you know, when you when you get into it and you actually do it and you understand like all the all the other parts of your job that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all the, uh, you know, uh, f- for one, uh, you, you don't only have an, if, if, you, if you have a b- big breakthrough, uh, as I did, uh, you don't only have an audience that loves you. You also have lots and lots and lots of people uh, who will be like, uh, you know, for various reasons, uh, will give, give you lots of shit for being, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the limelight. <laughs> Uh, so, and, and that was, you know, uh, that, that was a part of the job that I had not really, you know, counted on. Like, mm-hmm. So I was surprised like, Oh, so, okay. So you're going to have opinions about me. You, you're not a fan. You don't like my music, but you're, you're still going to have opinions. All right. I get it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, that's part of it. Uh, and also, um, I find, I find that 
one of the biggest challenges of my, my job is to actually make music. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, you know, different uh, other, other parts of the job that you can sort of, that can consume you, uh, mm-hmm. all the administration and mm-hmm. all the, um, you know, just figuring out how to go about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have to like really make decisions for myself. Like, uh, so I need to be making music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to have like less meetings, answer less emails, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do less of that other shit uh, mm-hmm. to, to be able to just make music. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? It, and and yeah, th- this time just flew by, but just to sum it up, it really feel, it feels like the takeaway for everybody who's listening is really that sometimes we have to dig a little bit. Like Marit was lucky. She didn't have to dig so deeply for her passion. It kind of came to her, but sometimes we have to dig. Some people have to dig. I help people dig out their passions. Mm-hmm. But then after that, you're, you know, you have to really keep all the distractions at bay so you mm-hmm. can own your craft and, and do it really well. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Oh, I could talk all day with you. Thank you so much. If you like this episode of The Boss Lady Speaks, make sure you subscribe to get more episodes like these where I explore human greatness, great people doing remarkable things in the world, along with tips for how you can do the same. This is your host, Johanna Sawalha. Thank you for listening and see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.